0: Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon, and we're going to be talking a lot of a lot of Michigan football today. Um, as camp began, training camp, spring camp, fall camp, sorry, summer camp, fall camp, whatever you want to call it, has. Uh, is underway. Now we're more than a week into it. Uh, you know, with the season, um, you know, kicking off in just just a few weeks for Michigan. Uh, so I guess I, I think the best way to attack this is looking at you know the individual positions and the the battles or, or lack thereof um, that that are happening with the team. Um, we might as well start with quarterback. It's the most important position on the field, uh, and we sort of know um, how things are looking there. There's a, a pretty clear picture there uh, at quarterback. So I guess you know, Aaron, we could start with you, but. Yeah, and be chiming in at at any time.
1: Yeah, for I guess for the first time, I think under Harbaugh, we we have an idea of what the quarterback situation is going to look like. Um, You know, obviously last year was a question mark with whether Shea Patterson was going to be eligible or not. Um, He became eligible, and then I think we knew, I don't know, halfway through camp, fall camp that he was going to be named the starter. This year, it's it's pretty obvious. You know, he is the number one guy. There's no question about it. Um, You know, he proved himself. I think last year with his. Um, you know, its efficiency and, and how effective he was throwing the football. Um, the, I think the only question with the quarterback situation right now is how much Dylan McCaffrey is going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, it, it's pretty obvious that McCaffrey is number two. Um, Jim Harbaugh hasn't really been, um, you know, very coy about the depth chart. You know, it, right now sits Patterson one, McCaffrey two, Joe Milton three. Um, but, you know, it sounds like in speaking to Harbaugh last, last month at Big Ten Media Days in Chicago – uh, McCaffrey's going to play a little bit more. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, um, but he did play quite a bit last year. I think, I think six or seven games. Um, didn't throw the football a ton. Uh, they used him sometimes in, in running situations, and I think that's where you're going to see him more this year. Mm-hmm. You know, this new offense, speed and space, or they're trying to spread things out. Don't be surprised if McCaffrey gets the football a little bit more, whether it's carrying the football or, or what what have you. Um, you know, we asked offensive coordinator Josh Gattis uh, last that's week now. Said, yeah, yeah, last week about it. Uh, he, he didn't give too many details. Um, but he did point out that in his previous offenses, where there was Alabama, uh, Penn state, that they have, they have used a couple quarterbacks in the past. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I think it's, it's pretty obvious at this point, uh, you know, Peter – or, sorry, Brandon Peters. McCaffrey. Um, yeah, McCaffrey, and, and obviously, um, you know, Patterson. Shea Patterson is the number, number one guy. And it
2: sounds like Shea Patterson is having a great camp. I mean, Dennis joked the other day saying, like, yeah, I wish uh, he called me more in the summer to talk about the new offensive system and get off the golf course a little bit. But supposedly through the first week of camp, he's really setting the bar high, as has said, and and the, he's raising the bar in the, in the quarterback Back room, according according to the new offensive coordinator. So we'll see how that translate uh, translates onto the onto the field at the end of the month. But so far, the reports are
1: good on on with, with Patterson, especially. What I am looking for, you know, he completed nearly sixty five percent of his passes last year, threw for twenty six hundred yards, uh, only seven interceptions. He was relatively mistake free. Uh, what I am looking for is if he can keep that up with with a, with a larger load. You know, I suspect he's going to throw the football more. Uh, can he? Obviously, he may not be he may not be as efficient. But if he can remain in that you know 55 to 62 63 percent range uh, and keep the turnovers low, uh, Michigan's offense has, has potential to be very good this year
0: and, and that gets to one of the benefits of, of playing a second quarterback at times keeping the starter a little fresher, yeah. um, you know, fewer hits, especially if you're, if you're running um, McCaffrey a little bit more. And he's not, McCaffrey's not the kind of quarterback that when you bring in, it's going to be obvious here, here's a run play. I mean, he's a fine passer too. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I think, you know, another benefit, which we, I think we've mentioned um, previously, um, you know, get, getting a guy on the field, getting him in, in game action, uh, you know, keeps them uh, involved in the program and maybe not wanting to look elsewhere to transfer. Um, yeah. You know, and then, of course, you're, you're getting those reps should should you need them, um, you know, because of injury or, or, or some other reason, um, you know, to the starter. So I think there's a lot of benefits with playing, um, you know, a second quarterback. It's just uh, it, it's nice to know that, that Michigan, it, it's a luxury for Michigan um, that they can do that, but they don't have to. They have now, as you mentioned, a returning starter. Um, and, you know, if he can play, uh, you know, the majority of the season, uh, that would be just the first time in a long while for Michigan that, that, that they've had that because they'd be there, you know brought in a guy for one year so that they, they've lost him the next year um you know guys been just r- surpassed on the depth chart the next year that that happened you know in the rich rod years um you know guys Wilton spate you know came, came in uh, as, as a starter into the next season but just didn't last very long before getting injured um so it, it just hasn't been something that michigan has, has had uh that, that luxury um at, at that position in, in recent years but they do this year um us look a running back there's a there's a handful of guys uh, competing.
2: Um, Going into it, we thought that was the biggest question mark on offense. But mm-hmm. I mean, talking to Gattis, I mean, he feels like he has five guys that are all capable of getting mm-hmm. the job done. But here's I the mean, problem: with yeah. five
1: guys. Then to me, if you if he, and he said this, another coach Harbaugh said the same thing. Do they have one number guy? One number one guy. You know, do they have the guy that's going to get, you know, carried? You know, the sixty percent of the the carries, like you know, like in the past, um, it's going to be interesting. You know, true Wilson to me seems like the obvious guy. Jim Harbaugh did say he's in. He said last last month at Chicago, true Wilson was number one guy, um, but you know, Wilson wasn't the feature back last year. You know, he was the number three guy. He was he played situationally. Um, you know, he rushed I think for three hundred sixty four yards, a touchdown, former walk on. He he's he's fine. Uh, but he is he going to be the, their true back? You know that—that's what I think remains to be seen. They do have some guys. You know the depth is there a lot, but a lot of it's inexperience. You know, you got Christian Turner. Uh, he, he played three games last year, twenty carries, ninety something yards. Uh, he ended up redshirting because of that new redshirt rule, where you can play up to, you know, a certain percentage of the season and then, and then get pulled and then you know maintain your preserve that redshirt. So Christian Turner's back. Um, he he seems to be. Uh, Long term, one of Michigan's guys that, they, that they're looking at. harvey has been banged up as well. You know, he's banged up most of last season. Uh, he missed most of the spring with a hamstring injury. Uh, so he's he, he's he's a he's a possibility, but again, he's unproven.
0: Yeah, I'll say it. It's a weakness. Oh, it is. On 100%. The team. Okay. I mean, you can the the coaches can spin it positively as they probably should, and and that's that's fine. Um, but, you know, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to prove that I they will. can you know they can be a uh, you know that this group probably that however many guys end up getting carries um you know can be formidable in the big 10 um because yeah you, you lost your guy in Karan Higden, who got just the, the major bulk of carries um you know last year um and was you know is is on a uh, NFL roster now correct yeah, he, he, he signed he Texans yeah so uh yeah I mean listen I'm not saying there's not there aren't capable players here you've got some you know highly tatted recruits you got other guys like Drew Wilson who have just uh you know sort of overcome uh, not the odds necessarily but have you know proven a lot of doubters wrong uh, ascending to where he is on the depth chart right now um but yeah we're gonna have to uh, I guess I'm willing to let's let me see what they can right. do before uh, I say that this is a strength of, of this team yeah
1: another name that keeps coming up as well we've we've asked about a ton zach Charbonnet, mm-hmm. uh true freshman from california uh he too is you know he's got good size he's he's 6'1 220 so his body is i think there he's physically able i think he played the big ten level right away uh how much of an impact he, he can make remains to be seen again he didn't practice in the spring either you uh, see, set out uh, all the spring practice due, after an off season a procedure. Uh, so he's another guy in the mix there. Um, Michigan has moved guys over. Hassan Hoskins, former we linebacker. He was a, he was recruited as a running back, moved to linebacker. He's back at running back. He is there as well. Uh, you know, you've got guys you can turn to. Ben Mason is there, former fullback. But again, my question is who who's going to take the bulk of the snaps? I think at this point, it's probably going to be a, a you know a by by committee situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, it's a weakness. And I think it is. Uh, the one good thing they- I think this running back group has going for them is the offensive line. And I mean, I mean we're going to get mm-hmm. into them here in a minute, yep. but it's an experienced group that I think can, can make some holes for these running backs. Uh, the, really question, the only
2: question is that right tackle.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I'm curious to see if the running back, these young guys running backs can get through these holes, I think the holes will be there.
0: Uh, it's a matter of, can they get through them and pick up yardage? Uh, and I think you can, you can move the ball sort of on the ground, uh, Without a star running back, um, you know if these guys can just you know, not not fumble the ball. You've got quarterbacks, two quarterbacks, you know that they can run um, in, in Patterson and McCaffrey, and then you've got wide receivers. Which even if these aren't traditional run plays, you know basically screens that that act as you know long handoffs, pretty much. Um, you know, with people again, we'll be getting into these guys too, but you know, a lot of playmakers out there. Um, you know that you can, you know, without throwing the ball. <laughs> Downfield, um, you know, can can move the ball even without star running back. So, um, you know, whether you want to get into the line or some of those receivers now. Um, yeah. One quick thing, you know, and, and with the running
1: back to the running backs, mm-hmm. so real quick, you know, obviously we're, we've been talking nonstop about this new Michigan all spread based scheme. But one of the things Josh Gass has been harping uh, the last you know last week or so, and even going back to spring, is they're still foundationally, fundamentally going to be. Re- uh, run first offense so mm-hmm. they're gonna have to establish to run game early I'm, I'm curious to who they go to and who they turn to um so for those of you thinking they're gonna throw the ball all around mm-hmm. like a houston or like a you know like an oklahoma you know i don't think it's gonna be that far of that much of a spread but again you know mm-hmm. we'll see uh they're gonna have to establish some type of run game early and that's that's where i'm you know i'm, I'm curious to see what
0: happens here you know being the season yeah i guess we'll stick with the skill position players talk we'll yeah. talk about some of those wide receivers this is a this should be an above average uh group in the big 10 for sure um because you've got you've got experience uh you've got a lot of talent you know as far as just recruiting rankings and things like that um and uh yeah there's some depth there as well
1: yeah you, you say should be you're right you know we've been talking about these guys some of these guys now for several years now donald people's jones was a Five-star recruit out of high school a couple of years ago out of Detroit. Um, he's back now for his third year. Uh, he was Michigan's, obviously, pass-catching leader last year, mm-hmm. 47 receptions, 612 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, Nico Collins, who was a receiving yards leader last year, thir- uh, 38 catches, 632 yards, six touchdowns. Both those guys are back. Um, there's no reason that neither one of these guys could, should, you know, uh, you know, uh, not get anywhere near a thousand yards receiving this year. I mm-hmm. think this offense is set up to you know get these guys open, use their speed and their athletic ability out in the space to to to, to create some big plays. I think they're going to get the football a lot. They're going to get the football in their hands a lot. I think there's um, they're they're both set for a big season as long as they can stay healthy. You know, both um, you know missed uh, some of spring to some degree due to injury. Uh, you know, I think that put them back a little bit in terms of the new, in terms of learning the new offense. However, I think this type of thing
2: is right in their wheelhouse, where they, they can they can exceed. Right? I think there's more depth at the position now than they've had in the past. I mean, you have hopefully a, a healthy Tariq Black now with uh, with a whole offseason to to recover there, and then I mean. Based off what we've heard early on from what the players and coaches have said, it sounds like Ronnie Bell is having a terrific camp. When asked about who's had the top play in, in, in camp so far, a couple players said um, it, was, it was Ronnie Bell and, and the catch he had. Um, and he's just he's jumping out, out off. He has the best vertical on the team and former and basketball players. Former basketball player. Sense. So uh, I mean, that's that's what uh, all the players. That's that's the guy they kind of pointed to who's having a, a really great camp so far. Uh, on the receiver side,
1: yeah, to, I'm, I'm curious to see how many receivers they line up with this offense. I suspect there'll probably be three in most instances. Sometimes maybe they go with a four receiver set. Uh, right now, it's obviously Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples Jones. You know, I think uh, you know Ronnie Bell could be that slot guy, and then a guy we haven't mentioned yet either. That was a talk of the spring. Mike Sanders, still the true freshman. Uh, you know, I suspect he'll get some playing time as well. He'll get worked in there too. Um, so you know, I think with Oliver Martin departing for Iowa, it's open to spot. Um, for some of these guys get
0: more playing time and I think that's where you're gonna see Ronnie Bell and Mike Sanders still uh, this fall. All right, yeah. Transitioning from I think, you know, receivers to the offensive line is the best position to, to no do that. It's tight end They're kind of a bit of both, right, you know. Right. So and and again, Michigan's got got two guys there that are very experienced. Um, you know, how productive they'll be, how productive they need to be again. You know, depending on the offense you're running, uh, a lot of the stuff the tight ends are doing aren't necessarily showing up uh, in the box score as far as blocking and, and things like that. There, uh, I don't necessarily see um, you know a guy in this group uh, you know cracking 800 yards or mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns or anything like that. But um, you know, I think they can be pred- potentially. Productive, I know. I know, Ryan. You wrote about that. yeah. Recently. For me, I think this, that's one of the most intriguing position groups in uh, in camp so
2: far. This uh, for this upcoming year. I mean, we're going to see how much they're they're going to use these these tight ends. I know uh, Gaddis said that he believes that that Nick Eubanks and Sean McCune to be the two best uh, t- the best tight end duo in the country, and that's saying a lot. Considering, I mean, obviously Zat Gentry was there last year, and McHugh's kind of targets dropped significantly. Um, but he'll be more back into maybe a more feature role this year. But he, he only had 14 catches last year for a little over 100 yards. Uh, Nick Eubanks about the same same amount. So I mean, they, McHugh kind of compared the, uh, them two to to uh, Noah Fant and T.J. Hopkinson of Iowa last year, which is I mean, those are that was the best tight end duo. Or two we, first round NFL yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So, well, right. I don't think either of those two are going to be first rounders next year. I mean, you never know, but. It'll be inter- interesting to see how uh, how these, these, these tight ends are used. Um, I know uh, McCune definitely um, pointed to Eubanks' run, run blocking has been his biggest uh, improvement so far. I mean, so that's obviously doesn't show up in the box score, but we'll, we'll see how it all comes
1: together. Look at where Josh Gass came from Alabama last year, Smith Jr. tight end. Uh, caught 44 passes for 700, 710 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, he, he was a coach at Penn State. They used the tight ends there as well. Um, I suspect we'll see the tight end usage. Uh, you know, It'll be high. I mm-hmm. think McCune will be that featured guy that they'll throw, try and throw to a lot. It's going to come down to a couple things. and I, I think, you know, one – how How quick McCune can be out of the box how quick, you know if he sounds like he's put on speed he down yes. down a little bit so I, I think there's, a, there's an attempt there they're going to try and throw McCune the ball a lot, but we'll see if it you know if it, it keeps up, um, but if you look at where Josh gas has, has come from, they have utilized the tight end position they have utilized it a lot um, they like throwing the football to them, so i, I don't be surprised if, if McCune
0: gets gets the and ball.
2: at 6'5", that's a big target that you, that you can have downfield down too. Uh,
0: yeah, last thing on them, there are some young guys there, but I mm-hmm. think with, with the two sort of established veterans, not necessarily pushing for playing right. time yet this season. Luke Schoonmaker's name has
1: come up, mm-hmm. I think maybe he'll be involved a little bit. I, especially with these younger tight ends, they're, they're typically um, introduced more as a, as a pass-blocking type mm-hmm. guy or a rush uh, running-blocking type <laughs> tight end. So I... Uh, McHugh, or excuse me, screwmaker might get involved there. Um, Mustafa Mohammed's name that's come up as well. Eric All uh, he he's an, he's another true freshman who stood out in the spring. is more of a pass catching tight end. So perhaps All gets involved there as well. Um, but there are some young guys back there that I think that like like the quarterback room. Um, I think the tight end rooms is, is going to be good
0: here for the next next couple of years. Um, along the offensive line, Michigan's offensive line was was good last year. It was like good for Big Ten standards. I'd say. And, and absolutely improve i mean this year um I think that the ceiling is even higher it could be very good very you know a very good offensive line um you know nationally i mean I think uh, you know I, you pick up some of these uh College football, you know, preview magazines and and many of them rank uh, the position groups in in the country as well. And uh, you know, Michigan's offensive line was was in there in the top ten, you know, in various uh, publications. So, uh, and you know, the reason for that is uh, continuity. That's a huge part,
1: hundred percent. You know, between the jump that they made last season in 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 pass protection, uh, the guys they have coming back for their five starters from last year are all back. All of them were all Big Ten guys in some capacity. Um, and then you have got you know an offensive line coach and Warner who is uh, proven himself time and again. He's a veteran. Uh, Harbaugh is very happy with the, the schemes and, and things he's pushing. Uh, this offensive line has the, has the potential to be very good, uh, perhaps one of the best in the Big Ten, perhaps one of the best in the country. And I think that. In and of itself, as a glue the offense, I think is what has, like you mentioned, the preseason magazines and these preseason prognosticators um, are one of the reasons why this Michigan offense can be very good. You know, you can have a scheme, a spread offense where you can throw the ball around all the time and move the football, um, but you need an offensive line that's going to hold up and protect. And I think this this group has the ability to be, to be very good. You know, we'll start the very uh, left side. Uh, left tackle John Runyon is back. Uh, he was the first-team all-Big Ten guy according to the coaches last year. Uh, you know, then you got Ben Bredesen, a two-year starter at left guard, who's back. Um, and then you got got Cesar Ruiz, Cesar Ruiz, who started all last year at center. He was a natural center, uh, number one rated center in the country, coming out of college IMG Academy. They moved him to right guards as, as, a, as a true freshman. He was kind of out of place. Um, but they were moving back last year. I thought he was comfortable, and, and he, he played, I thought, pretty well, mm-hmm. especially in pass protection. Uh, and the right guard, uh, Michael Anwenu, is back. They're, they've been impressed with the – he's lost some weight. Um, he's slimmed up. He's, they say he's faster and more athletic. Again, he started most of last year at right guard as well. So you mentioned continuity, um, cohesiveness, all that in place. You got a returning starter at quarterback. You know, there's the potential there to be very good. The one question mark is at right tackle. I don't know if you want to call it a question mark because Michigan coaching staff at this point think they have two starters at right tackle Uh, between Andrew Stuber, who started the last two games last year, the Ohio State game in Florida. Now, granted, they were both losses. But I wouldn't, you know, put the loss initially on him. There were there were bigger issues there. Um, he he's, he got he has experience. Um, I think he's better in, in pass protection. Uh, and then you got redshirt freshman Jalen Mayfield, uh, who impressed last year as a true freshman. But they were trying to hold off and, and get him redshirted, so they have four full seasons to work with him. Uh, he is he's I think that more athletic of the two, uh, higher ceiling of the two. Um, it's just going to come down, to, I think, who uh, who is going to be ready or ready to play right away.
2: I um, think it definitely is a question mark, mark though, because they're not going to be using six offensive line. Correct, right. right? It's a question <laughs> so, of who it's going to be. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. But whether it's uh, a weakness, that right. that might, I think that's what Aaron's saying. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, I know the line. Uh, you know, ben Brennison has said that the offensive line, uh, you know, has joked that they have you know four and a half starters returning right. because mm-hmm. they consider that final spot there's experience there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think the offensive line is is a position group where, you know, the sum is always – you want it to be, you know, uh, greater than the individual parts um, or the whole to be. You you know what I'm saying here. Yeah. you know, because they, they all work together in such a way that, you know, individual talent isn't as important as, again, knowing knowing each other's responsibilities and things like that.
1: Um, it, not only do they have all these guys returning turning and they think they've got two starters or right tackle, there's depth to this, this position. I mean, I've got a. Uh, I remember talking on Warder in the spring and asking came off the line and he gave me the full depth chart, position by position of guys that are in place, second, in some instances, third string guys that they, they, they have in place. I think mm-hmm. Again, this is another situation, unique situation. I think under Harbaugh, or the last few years, the offensive line's been a mess. I mean, they've been moving guys um, all over the place. Um, you know, I, I can remember uh, just a couple of years ago when they were having guys, uh, you know, in, in, in fall camp working at two spots because they're unsure of where they were going to put guys. Um, so they, they've got guys, I think, locked and loaded for certain positions, even you know, two three years down the road. Um, so this Michigan offensive line, I think, has a potential—not uh, uh, even this season, but in the next few years uh, of being a, a strong, a strong part of this, this offense.
0: Yeah, how they handle their new, you know, responsibilities um, with uh, uh, you know this run-pass option yeah, plays will be interesting to, to see. That should be uh, that should be kind of fun. Um, so that covers the offensive side of things. I guess you know, offensive overview um, should be. Well, what are your thoughts as far as you know where, where they might you know rank in the Big Ten or or whatever? Whether this group can be. Um, yeah. Explosive. They they could be they could
1: be near the top. You know, they, I think they they should and they should be better a lot, two steps ahead of where they were last season. Mm-hmm. I think you saw them take steps last year. At times, you, you saw the potential, and I think this is a season where they they need to break through. They, they need this is Shea Patterson's final season. All the hype coming him coming in with him and his arm and. Heisman candidate or whatever you want to call it um, between him and the playmakers and the outside receiver um, this is the year because I, I don't think Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins if they have even if they have the years like they did last year maybe a little bit better I think they're gone after this season so the time is running out with some of those playmakers they've got to do it now and I think that I think they can, they have the pieces to
2: do. I, I just look back at last year though and how many big runs Tron Hayden had mm-hmm. to kind of jump start this offense mm-hmm. and I just don't see – I mean, obviously we haven't seen much of all these running backs, but I I just don't see True Wilson going out there and busting off a 50-yarder like Teron Higden did a couple times last year. And we'll see if that kind of slows them down a little bit, not having that big play. Uh, ability in the in the bad feel. like um, like we talked about earlier. Yes, they can use screens and reverses and that kind of thing too. To they to did some big running plays, but it's it's I think there might be a little bit of a, an adjustment period too with this new offense.
1: You're right, hundred kind of percent, and that's something that I've kind of harped on, you know, in,
2: in radio interviews in
1: the past. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly this offense meshes. You know, it may take them a few weeks. The good thing they have going for them is they don't have that Notre Dame week one, that big time opponent. Where now, you know, Army is week two. Um, don't, I'm not knocking the army here, but if they're not Notre Dame, they're not you know in Oklahoma or what, or USC or whatever. It's their it, their their first two weeks are a little bit easier, then they've got the bye week before the Big Ten schedule starts at Wisconsin. So they've got a few weeks to figure things out. Even if they come out slow week one or they have some hiccups, um, they've got some time to, to figure it out. And if they can figure it out
0: in the first three weeks or get things going, I think I think they'll be okay um let's move to the defensive side of the ball um you know last year I, depending on what they were they were second in total defense when mm-hmm. the end of the season as far as yards per game I, I like to like to look at yards per play um i think that's a little more a better assessment of, of a team um they were eighth there at the end of the year because of you know performances that mm-hmm. yeah. the, the last two performances sure. were not great um But, yeah, this was an an elite defense and has been now for several years. Um, And despite, you know, the loss of some top-end talent, you know, two two guys picked in the top uh, 15, I think, Mm -hmm. of the NFL draft um, on that side of the ball, you know, they they replenish. Um, And there's there's a lot of depth uh, there, um, I think, especially, you know, if we want to start along along the defensive line.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I I think – more depth on the outside than the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the experience is in the inside, but you've got some talented uh, young guys on the outside. So we'll start on the outside, the defensive end spots. Um, Aiden. It sounds like Aiden Hutchinson is, is uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Pay are kind of penciled in at this point at the starters. However, and I've written about this a lot the last few weeks, you've got several guys out there uh, that have they're going to see some playing time. It's Michael Dana, the, the graduate transfer yeah, from exactly. Central Michigan. Miss- Dana. Dana, we we were, found out at yeah.
2: availability. Dana, Friday. Michael yeah.
1: Dana, oh, yes, we were told that the other day. Um, and then you've got Josh Uche, who's listed as a linebacker, who's you know Michigan's uh, pass rushing. What do they call him? Extraordinarily, they like to call mm-hmm. he had seven sacks last year. He only played. I think. I think Don Brown said he only played like seventy snaps all season long, or so. So, that conversion rate's yeah. pretty good <laughs> when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect he'll see some more playing time this year. Um, you've got the pass rushing side I think will be fine. And obviously these guys aren't gonna be um, you know Rashawn Gary or Chase Winovich in terms of star power or that you know that are gonna attract the type of offense, you know, type of uh, you know, the offenses that, that, you know, Gary did. However, you got some young talented guys there, um, you know, could he pay Quiddy pay, played well in, the, in mm-hmm. the spots he did last season. Uh, Hutchinson played 13 games, uh, more of a, an anchor-type guy. Um, but I think, you know, with, given that experience and the ability, I think, for them to um, do some different things, I because I think you're going to see a little bit different, different looks from, from Don Brown this year from the defensive schemes. I think the ends will be fine. Uh, the interior of the line is the question mark, especially the depth there. Um, you know, you got – you know, Carl Kemp, I think he's penciled in to be a starter. I think he'll be fine. He's supposed to be the anchor. Um, and then the, the tackle spot's interesting. You got Donovan Jeter, who impressed in the spring, uh, but hasn't played a ton. Um, and then you've you've got Michael Bloomfor, who I think has started two games and was injured all spring. So I, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not discounting that the guys that are sitting out in the spring because obviously it's a similar defense. They don't have to learn as much like compared to the offense. Um, but there's there's no depth behind the inside guys either. you got Mozzie Smith, who's a true freshman. And then Ben Mason's been practicing there as well. Um, but he's it, so, he might be in the 2-D, we haven't really gotten a clear answer on that at this point. Uh, so the Lions are going to be interesting. I, I think they're going to see a lot of pass rushing. They're still going to try and blitz like crazy. Uh, will they have the same production as they got last year or in 2017?
0: You know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's talent there for sure. I, I really like the yeah the the various ends that they have. I think you'll and we talked about getting McCaffrey on the field on the offensive side just because he's one of the more talented players on the team. And then I think you'll see that with some of these defensive ends. It could be whether it's a rotation or it's mm-hmm. you know packages that involve you know multiple guys out there at the same time. Um, yeah, I think you'll see that because you got to utilize yeah. this. I really like what we saw from from really all the you know Pay and Uche and Hutchinson last year. I. Just I think, there's a, a, a lot of talent there. Um, so, uh, there's a lot yeah. of young talent
1: too. Yeah. I and mean, these guys could be very good in, the, in you know in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as they can uh, get through the season. And you talked about the you know concerns and everything else. Keep in mind, Michigan was facing a similar situation going into going into 2017. They lost, I think, 10 starters in the defensive side of the ball after 2016. And the, the question was whether could they replenish them? Could they be as good as they were the year before? Don Brown, you know, threw, did some things differently, and he, he masked some things, but they they did it. Uh, I think he has a, you know, Don Brown's been around long enough. He knows, um, this defense's weaknesses. He knows what these players can do. Uh, I, I think between, um uh, then we'll get into that. I think in a minute, but the linebacker group is deep, uh, and you got some talent in secondary. I think the defensive line will,
0: I think they'll be okay. Let's get into the linebackers. Yeah. Um, yeah, this Jump is right a, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, Ryan, did you write about them recently? Or was that more of those, some of the safety? Okay, yeah, you guys are pumping out content left and right. I can't <laughs> keep track of who's doing it. Um, but yeah, uh, this is this is a group where there is, I guess, some more competition than maybe mm-hmm. some of the some of the other spots we've talked about is that is that fair to say yeah it is
1: and but keep it and Bon also thinks this this is could be as one of his most talented and deepest linebacking groups he's had since he's gotten to Michigan uh, so obviously no Devin Bush Bush mm-hmm. is gone uh, so they've got to make up for him uh, I think between the, re, the returning guys and the deep the depth I think they'll be able to to some degree um, I don't like any of these guys have the sideline to sideline speed that Devin Bush had um, however you know uh, their Michigan coaching staff is really high on Josh Ross. Uh, he played quite a bit last year. He's expected to be the middle linebacker starter this year. Um, it sounds like he's been pushed a little bit by Cam McGraw, and the redshirt freshman, in, in, in practice. Uh, but then you got Kaleek Hudson back at Viper. Uh, Khalique Hudson's listed as a vi- uh, linebacker. He plays a Viper. For those who are unfamiliar, that's more of a hybrid safety linebacker spot. Um, but he plays most of the time anyway. Um, and then you got Devin Gill. You know he started all thirteen games last year. Uh, at the Will linebacker spot, the weak, weak, weak side spot. Uh, he is back as well. He suspect, I expect him to be the starter, but again, he too has been pushed in camp. Uh, Jordan Anthony is a guy that's name has come up. Uh, we've heard of Cam name at, at several at Will and Mike. Uh, and then Jordan Glasgow, it sounds like, is in the mix as well. Jordan Glasgow, typically, last year, he's the backup at the Viper spot. Um, he still is now, but he's a, a fifth-year senior. Don Brown wants to get him on the field.
0: Yeah, jack-of-all-trades, yeah. a special team star as well. I mean, just a yeah, good football player.
1: He is. Um, and then Don Brown made a point, I think, last week of saying, he's like, between Cam Legron, Jordan Glass, and Jordan Anthony, I think Josh Ross's name might have been thrown in there as well, but you know these guys haven't played a ton. But he he made a point of saying that any any one of those guys could play any one of the bigger major programs in the country. Uh, the linebacking group room is just so deep, and they've had you know such talent in the last few years. It's tough to get all of them the reps this year. I think you're going to see all of them get more playing time. Uh, they're going to see the field more, and maybe more rotational stuff. Uh, but you know. Don Brown is happy with the linebacker room, and I think to some degree that between the depth and speed and, and skill
0: there, um, I think they'll be able to make up some, the de- some of the deficiencies from the defensive line. Absolutely. Um, where do you want to go next? Want to keep moving back? Want to move out? You know, positionally. Let's on the move wheel. out, and then we'll move back. Sounds, Sounds good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so the you know defensive backs, corners. Um, you know, they've got. Uh, I've got one at least that, that could compete potentially, you know, for as an All-American uh, this year in mm-hmm. Levert Hill. Um, but I guess tell us tell us about some of the other guys too.
1: Yeah, Levert Hill's back. Um, I think some people were surprised at that move, but, you know, he's back for his senior year. Uh, you know, I think he has an opportunity. You said All-American. I think his name has come up in some of the All-American discussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's healthy, it sounds like. I spoke to him, gosh, a month ago or so in Detroit. But, and, uh, at a, a camp, he says he's 100% healthy. He missed all he was another one of those guys that missed all of spring in off season procedure, uh, but he has seemingly missed every spring practice up until this point, anyway. Every year, so I don't think it's going to mean much for Liver Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, he's healthy and practicing. Ambry Thomas, who's expected to be the other starter at the other corner spot, uh, missed the end of spring and he's now injured as well at the beginning of camp. Uh, they've been real coy with what it is or how serious it is. Uh, it sounds like he's trying to work his way back on. I don't know exactly what that means, or how long he's going to be out. Uh, but Ambry Thomas, he's one of the fastest guys in this team. So if they if they go without him early in the season, it will be a it will be a blow because um, between him and Levert, you know, Michigan's cornerback speed could be. Very good, and probably near the top of the Big Ten as well. Uh, with Thomas out right now, Vincent Gray has stepped in and, and played most of the reps of the first team. Uh, he got Keep in mind, he got most first-team reps in spring with LaVert Hill out. So it sounds like Vincent Gray has gotten a lot of, of time in there. Uh, he's another re- re- freshman who redshirted last season. Uh, he, he emerged between bull practice and spring that they really like. Uh, but then they got several guys in there as well. You got Hunter Reynolds, his name has come up. Jalen Kelly Powell. Um so that there's guys that there's depth there, guys that have played before Kelly Powell has played. Uh, and then uh, Brad Hawkins has been kind of working at both. He's a nickel guy. I think uh, Suka will get in him in a minute in the safeties. But uh, in terms of, I think, talent, the cornerbacks I think are better than the safeties, safeties room at this point. Um, but, again, they're
0: going to need every Thomas, I think, healthy uh, to, to make that true. Yeah, I mean, we know what Don Brown asks of, of these guys. It, it's a lot, I mean, to hold up, um, you know, often in – Man to man coverage, uh, you know, win their sort of individual matchups. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if this group, uh, you know, can can do that. Um, and we kind of talked about uh, Hudson with the linebacker group, sort of that strong safety kind of position, the Viper as they call it. Um, but that we also have the uh, you know the true safety, the free safety position. Um, and yeah, you've got you've got some. Again, <laughs> like many of these other groups, some a mix of you know some guys with returning experience and you know some some young young talented guys uh, at that spot. Yeah, I mean you could
2: definitely pencil in Josh Metellus in there for thirty years as a, as a starting safety, and after that, I mean it's time kind to of question mark. I think when when we asked about the the safety position or when we asked Don Brown about it uh, last week, I kind of figured that we were going to hear, oh yeah, Daxton Hill is going to be in the mix for possibly that starting job, kind of piggybacking off of what Jim Harbaugh said. Uh, a few months ago and but uh, he was it sounds like he's kind of buried a little bit on the depth chart right now it's uh, Don Brown called uh Metellus and Brad Hawkins basically one A and one B at the safety position right now but uh, Hawkins also worked out basically primarily out of the nickel spot in spring so we'll see uh based on packages and what and schemes and whatnot how many safeties are on the field at the same time right now number three is Jameric Woods um, and then after that, it's a lot of young guys battling for, uh, for, for some, basically the depth chart right now, a backup spot. It sounds like, I mean, Don Brown said that, yeah, Daxon Hill has the talent. I mean, he's one of the fastest, maybe the fastest guy they have on defense. Um, but he also is a true freshman. He's getting used to the college life right now. Um, learning the defense. I mean, I see, I, I feel like if you don't see him right away, it's not like you're going to not see him all season. I feel like, yep. Don't rush him into things, right, especially with, like, middle Tennessee right off the bat. Um, make sure he's ready. But we'll see. There's also – you have uh, a couple other guys that uh, – yeah, I think Sammy Fauston's game, game came, came up. up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, there's uh, – there, so there's, that's that's probably the, one of the biggest question marks on defense right now is that who's going to start alongside Metellus at, at safety.
1: I think if there's one guy Michigan maybe would have hoped to get in here in the spring – would have been Daxon Hill, just to get him like, you know, introduce the, the you know the university life and classes and just practice and everything. He didn't graduate until I think May or June, and then he he enrolled in Michigan, I think, early June. So we got a late start on some of these guys in terms of just getting in here. Um, but again, you know, his speed I think is too good for Michigan to keep off the field. I, I think like to echo what Ryan said, I think you're gonna see him at some point whether it's a safety or maybe it's on kickoff returns or whatever. Keep in mind when Michigan, you know, uh, fr- freshman year, Donovan Peoples-Jones, a five-star guy, came in, receiver. Um, they use him on kickoff returns and punt returns. Um,
0: don't be surprised if Daxton gets involved in, in special teams, especially early. When you mentioned special teams, we we can't we <laughs> can't forget about special teams altogether. Um, I mean, any any battles there? What should we yeah. expect? I mean, let's start with just you know kicking and, and, and punting.
1: Yeah, I mean, place kicker spot right now. I think he's up in the air at this point. Uh, we yeah.
0: haven't done any
2: updates on that. We yet. have, we have not, not. We have not heard. So yeah. we'll get Harbaugh this week. Maybe he can. Address that, but right now it seems like it is a battle between the two guys from last year.
1: Yeah, and they were it sounds like they were neck and neck in spring. Uh, you know, one one miss off from each other basically. Quinn Nordin and Jake Moody. You know, Quinn Nordin obviously started as the uh, the starter last season. Uh, this is Michigan, This is interesting because um, some football programs don't have one place kicker on scholarship. Michigan, to my knowledge, has two. Mm-hmm. Nordin came in as a scholarship guy. Uh, Jake Moody was given one last year. I think he earned it toward the end of the season. You know, he, he made 10 of his final 11 uh, field goal attempts in the season. Uh, basically, you know, earned that starting job at the end of the year. It was his job. Um, you know, but again, you know, I think Nordine has a reputation. I think he's got the stronger leg of the two, but he's a little bit more inconsistent. He's shown more inconsistency than Moody. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think, you know, you've heard the term hot hand. I think with the place-kicking job, it's going to be the hot leg. Whoever's kicking the best, I think, at the end of camp is probably going to be you know, get the uh, the opportunity come week one against Middle Tennessee State, but that doesn't preclude the other guy from, I think, getting opportunities if you know the first guy struggles.
2: Yeah, I was telling Aaron last week. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how long of a leash of whoever earns the starting job gets. I mean, if I mean if they pull them at if they start off what with a one for three game, how long are you going to stick with that guy? I mean, that's mm-hmm. and if you do go in the other direction, I mean, is that going to completely? Is that guy's confidence going to be shot the rest of the season? So it will be. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that position is handled.
1: Kicking more so than any other position on the football field is all mental. I mean, it's it's confidence. It's you know, it's 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 meant, You know, what you did in your last kick. If you missed your last kick, you're constantly thinking about it, and that can that can screw with you. I think you saw that sometimes with Nordine last season and in the season before. Um, you know, Moody hasn't really gone through that yet. So we'll see. Come week one, who who gets the the first chance. Um, but don't be surprised this season if you see both these guys kicking at some point. For Michigan, it's a good problem to have. I mean, you got two, you know, scholarship guys, both that have shown that they can kick at the Division One level, and they're good, can be good. Um, but yeah. And then the punter, I think, is at this point. It's got to be, it have got people hasn't come up either, but it's Will Hart's job. I mean, mm-hmm. after last season, he was the most efficient, effective punter in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, he averaged nearly forty-seven yards a boot. Uh, he had nineteen punts over fifty yards. Uh, you know, his longest was sixty-five. Uh, it's 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 Will
0: Hart's job, unless he gets injured or something like that. Uh, I, I don't see anything anything changing there gotcha and then you know kick and punt returns i think part, partly will be depend on you know who's healthy of course mm-hmm. um you know again you want to have your best playmakers out there but you know if two guys are pretty even maybe going with the guy who who isn't playing you know a key role at another position and i i say that with you know donovan people jones in mind um you know spring and, game i like think mike, mike thomas thomas and, uh, mike sandra
1: still was taking punt returns mm-hmm. so you're gonna see some of those bigger, quicker athletic guys taking, don't be surprised if and Hill gets thrown in there,
0: maybe Eric Hall, uh, you're going to see some Ronnie Bell, Ronnie yes, Bell, yeah, right, Ronnie Bell, Bell too um, so yeah, I think they've got, you know, you look for look for a guy who's reliable, I mean there's a little more to it than just the explosive plays, but it's always nice I mean Michigan was able to break off some uh, uh, last year, um, they had both a punt and a kick return for a touchdown uh, I, if I'm remembering yes, correctly correct, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that should be uh that should be interesting to watch. Um, I mean, I think that – I think we've covered every position group, have
1: we not? We have. We have, yeah. Uh, you know, not a ton of news so far yet in camp. It's been pretty by by, by the book. Haven't had any departures like last year. Uh, it sounds like there haven't been any serious injuries yet. Uh, which is a good, which is good news for Michigan. Uh, they're just trying to get back these these final few guys that have been dinged up. Uh, but by and large, Michigan is healthy. Uh, their offense, I think, is is much improved. It sounds like they're more experienced than last year. Uh, that's not to say there aren't question marks. Um, but yeah, I mean, the defense, I think, will be interesting to watch this year. Um, we'll have obviously more as we, as we move forward here. In yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Stay tuned at uh, MLive.com dot slash Wolverines. Uh, we're you know we're getting access to to various players and coaches uh, in these weeks leading up to the start of the season. So be checking out there. I'm doing some uh, previews of the the various opponents that they'll face throughout the season. Um, you know, and that's starting with Middle Tennessee State on August thirty first. Uh, a night game uh, on that Saturday, uh, seven thirty kick. Uh, here mm-hmm. at Michigan Stadium. Uh, then, as we mentioned, Army after that. Uh, then a bye, and then Big Ten play begins with, with Wisconsin. And I guess I, I'll just I'll mention here, of course, Notre Dame is, is later in the season, later than usual, um, comes in, in, in late October. Um, so Michigan will have – they do have two byes this year. Mm-hmm. That, that third week, September 14th, um, and then another one uh, November 9th, the, right. week yep. between, the week before Michigan State. Um and that game is home, as is Ohio State, as is Notre Dame. So it's a schedule that you know, as we've discussed, sets up for Michigan to have a potentially uh, big season. But we'll we'll get into more some more of that bigger picture stuff, uh, you know, as we as we get closer to the season. Um, but this has been the Wolverine Confidential podcast. Thank you for listening. This is a cast recommends every week. We pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. This station is Bank. Change here for the Central, Waterloo and City lines. Please mind the gap when exiting the train. And please, please, please be careful on
1: the platform. The Nobody's Zone, the truth and legend of an Irish underground killer. A new six-part true crime podcast from RTÉ and third ear.